Lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The late, great Ernie Harwell with Song of Solomon. Welcome in. It's another edition of the opening day edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you with us. And I know technically opening day was last week, Thursday. The Brewers and the rest of Major League Baseball getting underway. But, you know, when the crew's on the road, I consider opening day, even though it's not technically opening day, but I consider opening day the home opener, which is today. I'd invite you to stay tuned all day long on 97.3 The Game for complete coverage, with the exception of noon to 3. We're going to do a little counter-programming from noon until 3, and it kind of plays into our last podcast here on the show, and it's a Badgers Camp Confidential from noon until 3, quote-unquote counter-programming, if you will. Other than that, we're going to have live coverage from the ballpark all day long, starting with the Steve Zabin Show, starting at 6, and then on to Dugout 54, starting at 9, from 9 until noon, and then after the game. Tim Allen, the franchise, he's back on 97.3 The Game uh, in Milwaukee this year, and we were so fortunate to bring him in at the end of last year, but he's going to be here uh, for not all 162 games, but a lot of them, most of them, the vast majority of them, uh, unless the you know there's something going on afterwards uh, during the uh, week as well, like a special broadcast. But I would say you can pencil Tim Allen in for a good 150, 155 of the 162 games, including today's. Uh, he'll be on in the Drew and KB slot from 3 until 6 over on 97.3 of the game. But this opening day edition of the podcast, it doesn't go too deep. This is just a celebration of baseball. This is just some of the stories that I've done over the years, many of them when I was over at WTMJ. You know, we tried to tell stories that you don't necessarily often hear. So some of this is going to be stories that you may have possibly heard in the past. But on opening day, you want to bring some of those back, as well as some of my favorite movie clips from baseball movies of years past. And just kind of get you in the mood. Again, no deep dives or anything like that. But again, just maybe hopefully something that puts a smile on your face as you either head to the office. Maybe you're headed to the game today. Maybe you're heading home from the game when you tune this in. Maybe it's next week when you hear this. But anyway, this is our opening day edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Amid the restrained chaos of the Miller Park School Board Operations Room, tucked into the far third base side of the press box, sits one large, shiny, maple-colored monstrosity normally seen on Sunday mornings at Mass. But if baseball happens to be your other religion of choice, it's just as home in a ballpark as it is at a cathedral. They hired me right out of high school here, so I, I've been here. This is my 11th season. Meet Dean Roscoe, the man behind the organ at Miller Park. Yeah, I, it's just always something I've enjoyed. I played piano when I was little, and, and uh, I stumbled across the organ, the pipe organ specifically, and it was like, you know, uh, a whole a whole lot of different sounds and things and uh, things happening and a lot of variety, and that that's sort of what attracted me to the instrument initially. And now the popular teddy bear of a keyboardist maestro gets to entertain some 3 million fans every year at Miller Park, which didn't even have an organ when the ballpark opened in 2001. It was fans who asked for that historic part of baseball's yesteryear to be restored. Way back on April 26, 1941, the owners of the Chicago Cubs brought in an organ as a one-day gimmick at Wrigley Field. 
It turned out fans liked hearing music in between all of the dead time between pitches. For a while, that was the only way to do it. Until the advent of records, there was nothing portable, you know, like 45s and that, and even until uh, until the advent of, of, like, cassettes and digital music storage, which is what we use now, the organ was the only way to do it. And today, still the most popular form of ballpark entertainment. I get to play quite a bit, you know, just when people are wandering around the ballpark. It's, it's just nice to, you know, it's sort of traveling music. It's... Nothing real heavy. You know, that, that's that's sort of my favorite time. Roscoe follows in the footsteps of the original Brewers organist, the great Frank Charles, even though we can't remember Charles playing at Old County Stadium. Maybe a little bit before my time, uh, he, he retired from here in 1986. So that's, that's a little bit, I mean, I, I was around, but that's before I would remember, <laughs> really. But um, he's, he's been up several times and we've talked and visited and such. The master passing along his wisdom to the young student. But Dean Roscoe is hardly a neophyte anymore. When not at Miller Park, his days are spent working at the organ piper on Highway 100 near Colwicky Park. The Racine St. Catharines graduate says he has all kinds of musical influences and interests, but mostly just plays whatever strikes him at the time. I've played some... Um so, some things from the 70s when, when uh, Mamma Mia was reintroduced and all the ABBA music became big again. I started playing a lot of that here. And 80s music from the 80s is, is really big in Milwaukee still, so a little Bon Jovi, things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's fun too. As is playing with the roof closed, like it will be today, because it's all about the acoustics. They vary greatly. Uh, when the roof is closed, there's a good bit of roll. Uh, it really it, it rolls around quite a bit. But when the roof is open, you know, there's really no acoustics except for on the concourse where you have a, a confined space but the the sound is a lot clearer and they find that they can have the levels in that a lot louder when the roof is open it should be noted that every element of dean roscoe's daily performances are live as you hear them there's no canned organ music at miller park after all my job is to get the crowd into the game and, and to help them enjoy the experience here inside the scoreboard control room at miller park i'm doug russell wtmj sports the one constant through all the years ray has been baseball. You're going to have to learn your cliches. You're going to have to study them. You're going to have to know them. Every skill is measured. Every heroic, every failing is seen and cheered or booed and then becomes a statistic. Top of the sixth and rookie sensation Ricky Vaughn on the pitch now. Vaughn, a juvenile delinquent in the offseason in his major league debut. America has ruled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. We gotta play him one day at a time. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. You lollygag the ball around the empty. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. I'm just happy to be here. Hope I can help the ball club. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. You know what that makes you. Larry. Lolligan. It reminds us of all that once was good. And it could be again. I just want to give it my best shot. And the good Lord willing, things will work out. Hats for bats. Keep bats warm. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of birds has come. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. If you build it, he will come. This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you 
hit the ball. You catch the ball. You got it! I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. This is a game for America. This baseball. When Major League Baseball first had the idea of <laughs> balls to be given away on opening day 20 years ago, what was your initial thought? <laughs> this is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I thought, you know, in some markets this probably is a cool idea. You know, that People get, don't awfully, often get a Major League Baseball. That's a neat keepsake to have. But on opening day in Milwaukee, it's not quite the same, and uh, thought this has a recipe for disaster, which unfortunately it turned out to be. In the bottom of the second inning, Gerald Williams came to bat with two on and one out. As he dug in for seemingly no reason, the chaos began. Started in the left field corner, and once one went, it was literally a rain shower of baseballs coming from everywhere. As baseballs rained in from all sides, an unamused Rangers manager, Johnny Oates, pulled his team off the field. After someone throws a baseball down, hits someone in the head, and they're blind for the rest of life, then, but I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to. That's, uh, it's unacceptable. Back upstairs, sitting next to John Greenberg, the late PA announcer Bob Betts. Standing behind him, a fuming baseball commissioner and Brewers owner, Bud Seelig. You know, we immediately started announcing, please do not throw objects on the field. After about 15 attempts, the announcements were not helping matters as Seelig only got angrier and angrier. Yeah, it was a little uncomfortable for, for a while, and Bob just uh, did the best he could, but it wasn't getting it done. It got so bad that Brewers manager Phil Garner had to grab a mic that was hurried down to him behind home plate and admonish his own fans. The safety, the safety of the players, the umpires, and your fellow fans do not throw any more baseballs on the field. Thank you very much. That seemed to do the trick, but not until a record 119 people were arrested that day. I've never seen it happen here in Milwaukee before. I'm really disappointed in some fans. You know, it's not everybody. It's only a few hundred. I believe in the Church of Baseball. I've tried all the major religions and most of the minor ones. I've worshipped Buddha, Allah, Brahma, Vishnu, Siva, trees, mushrooms, and Isidore Duncan. I know things. For instance, there are 108 beads in a Catholic rosary, and there are 108 stitches in a baseball. When I learned that, I gave Jesus a chance. But it just didn't work out between us. The Lord laid too much guilt on me. I prefer metaphysics to theology. You see, there's no guilt in baseball. And it's never born, which makes it like sex. There's never been a ball player slept with me who didn't have the best year of his career. Making love is like hitting a baseball. You just gotta relax and concentrate. Besides, I'd never sleep with a player hitting under 250. Well, unless he had a lot of RBIs, there was a great glove man up the middle. You see, there's a certain amount of life wisdom I give these boys. I can expand their minds. Sometimes when I've got a ball player alone, I'll just read Emily Dickinson or Walt Whitman to him. And the guys are so sweet, they always stay and listen. Of course, a guy will listen to anything if he thinks it's foreplay. I make them feel confident, and they make me feel safe and pretty. Of course, what I give them lasts a lifetime. What they give me lasts 142 games. Sometimes it seems like a bad trade. But bad trades are part of baseball. I mean, who can forget Frank Robinson for Milk Pappas, for God's sake? It's a long season, and you gotta trust it. 
I've tried them all I really have, and the only church that truly feeds the soul day in, day out, is the Church of Baseball. Peanuts, Cracker Jacks, in Milwaukee you've always had brats and beer, but it's a whole new ball game at Miller Park, not on the field, but in the concourses. The local food experience in Milwaukee has become so sophisticated, so full of innovation that we needed to step up our game. Brewers Chief Operating Officer Rick Schlesinger. This offseason, the team spent $20 million on upgrading the food and beverage offerings for fans attending games. They had a chance to open up the new stands Friday and Saturday for the White Sox exhibition games just to make sure that everything would run smoothly for opening day's sellout crowd. So was it worth it? Yeah, I really like the look of it. It looks really clean. Um, Much improvement over last year. Um, the lines are a little long, but the food is really good. Muskego's Jeff Damaschke, who took in Friday night's game with his daughter, Maddie. How are the chicken nachos? They're very good. The lines were a little long, but the nachos are actually very good. So that's good. That was worth the wait. <laughs> the taco was from Jay Agave Tacos and Tequila. Other local offerings include a greatly expanded presence from A.J. Bomber's Burgers, Smoke Shack, and Clement Sausages. Going local was not an accident. Yeah, we, it was very important to us. Our, our fans love the A.J. Bombers burgers, the Ferris pizza, the holy moly donuts and coffee, and uh, obviously the Clements and you know Miller Coors. So we've got a lot of local flavors, a lot of local brands. People connect with our local customers and our local partners, and it was important to us. And I love like the architecture, that it's a nod to the um, iron workers of Milwaukee. That's Whitefish Bay's Crystalline. Visually, you'll notice the steel arches welcoming you to the third base ward and the first base ward, just like in the cities near South Side. So I think that's very cool as well. And if you want to stand and socialize while you eat, you don't have to go back to your seat to watch the game. Oh, yeah, I love these bars that they got. This is the best part. Muskego's Ryan Stankovich, who was standing and eating at permanent tables, set up behind the last row of the lower bowl overlooking the field. I got chicken tacos, and it's awesome. Except for some long lines, the whole experience was an opening night hit. Absolutely fantastic. Love the improvements. I I thought they were good already, but this is just taking it to another level. Mike Lean of Whitefish Bay. The Brewers and their partners are hoping the honeymoon lasts. This project is the single largest off-season capital expenditure the team has taken on at Miller Park in the 16 full seasons the stadium has been open. At Miller Park, Doug Russell, WTMJ Sports. Hello. Up to the plate, Junior Shockley. What's wrong? I'm a little nervous. My old man's here. Your dad's here? Where's he at? It's right behind home plate. Don't look. Don't look. Look, he's waving. Hey, he's just your old man. He's as full of shit as anybody. Hey, what's going on? I'm breathing through the wrong fucking eyelid again. No, shut up. Hey, did you guys hear about Jimmy and Millie? Yeah. They got engaged. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah? Well, wait till I tell him she's gone down on half the Carolina League. Hey, anybody says anything bad about Millie, I break his neck. Excuse me. You guys, I got a game to pitch here. Hey, you guys, don't throw me anything. My girlfriend put a curse on my glove. I'll take the hex off the fucking glove. Give me the glove. Well, then you got to cut the head off a live rooster. What the hell's going on out there? Looks like a convention. Pretty soon they're going to call the roll. <laughs> Get your ass out there and check it out. Excuse me, what the hell's going on out here? Well, Nuke's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live, was it a live rooster? 
We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. Okay, well, uh, candlesticks always make a nice gift, and uh, maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting or maybe a silverware pattern. Okay, let's get to it. Let's go. Yo, put your ass you almost take it for granted, the unique-to-baseball sounds of the game. The organist, the seventh-inning stretch. In Milwaukee, the unmistakable call to post that signals the start of the Clements' famous racing sausages. Behind it all is Alita Mercer, the Brewers' vice president of broadcasting and entertainment. Her crew never stops trying to make the Miller Park experience everything it can be. There is an incredible amount of coordination, and it goes on year-round, because they are working with our sponsorship department to make sure that what we are providing is something that the sponsor wants to see, but that it's also something that the fans would like to enjoy as well. Like the Brewers' signature in-game feature, the Sausage Race. When they debuted in 1993, there were only three racers, but other than adding the hot dog in the mid-1990s and the chorizo in 2000, 2007, there haven't been that many changes. It's something that has always been very good and endearing for all of our fans. What I do like about it is that we've changed it a little bit so that we can actually involve a section in the house. So great if, you know, Hot Dog wins. Hot Dog was planned for section, uh, you know, 126, and now, look, they they got, you know, free tchotchkes. I love that. But while the sausage race may be one of those things you basically just get out of the way of and don't tinker with too much, the team popular theme nights don't just happen by themselves. So those folks are in there, you know, creating graphics to support theme nights. They're um, taking video of players. So it's it's a great amount of coordination and uh, it goes on year round. Alita Mercer's crew is always open to suggestions from fans and other ballparks. After all, there really is a lot of planning that goes into keeping fans' interest when the ball isn't in play. There really is. I mean, outside of the technical aspects of, you know, do we have enough speakers? Is the music too loud? Is it too soft? Uh, we also consider what type of music we're playing. What does one see when one first enters the building? Because we feel that it provides an overall kind of ambiance to the experience. Including the organ that was installed 13 years ago after being out of service since the mid-1980s. Since 2003, manning the Hammond has been Dean Roscoe, who hangs on every pitch. He absolutely does. He is a great baseball fan, and he is just in the scoreboard with us, just living and dying on every pitch. It's really kind of special to see that kind of showmanship. Before games, Alita Mercer is running around all corners of Miller Park. Generally, she can be seen giving all of the moving parts their cues just before the game while in headset communication with her crew located in the press box. Mercer auditions national anthem singers, coordinates first pitch ceremonies, and makes sure the mascots are where they should be, all while making sure the game starts exactly on time as mandated by Major League Baseball. It's a job few think about, but while deflecting credit to her staff, Alita is the one ultimately responsible for making sure you're entertained in between pitches every day, all year long. At Miller Park, Doug Russell, WTMJ Sports. Up your butt, Joe Boo. 2018 was a magical season, but it really began in the waning hours of one date that should be etched into the memory of every Brewers fan, January 25th. 515 with absolutely nothing new to talk about at the Johnson Bank Sports Desk. Here's Doug. After months of inactivity, the Brewers blew up baseball's hot stove last night. 26-year-old Gold Glove winning outfielder Kristen Yelich is property of the Milwaukee Brewers. And then shortly after the Yelich trade was announced, the Brewers come to terms with free agent outfielder Lorenzo Cain. 
The two went to work early, and the Brewers were 17-13 and 13 when the calendar turned to May. By June 1st, the crew was 15 games over 500 and had a four-and-a-half game lead in the division. And while the team had their ups and downs, as all teams do, the only time they really hit the skids was in July, perhaps the result of a brutal stretch of games that had them playing 21 times in the 20 days leading up to the All-Star break. That last week before the Midsummer Classic, the crew went 1-7 with three demoralizing walk-off losses. But the stretch drive, starting about a month later, proved to be where the Brewers showed the world that they were in this thing for the long haul. The first big sign came on August 29th in Cincinnati. Line drive right center field. That's going to split the gap and go all the way to the wall. Kane comes in to score to tie. Yelich on his way to third. He is in. It's a cycle for Christian Yelich. Just 18 days and 13 wins later, lightning struck twice. Now Christian Yelich carrying it up tonight. He needs a three-bagger for the cycle. New sign, Casale. Here it is. Yelich knocks one to the gap in right center. This could be the one. Ah, he's going to be held to a double. He's trying for three. He's going to do it. Get down. He's in there. Christian Yelich, ask and you shall receive. Wow. They're on their feet here. I mean, off the bat, you're kind of thinking, like, no way. Like, that just happened. Oh, it happened, and it nearly cemented Yelich as the clear MVP frontrunner. After the Brewers caught the Cubs from being five games back from when September began, the two teams were tied for the Central Division after the last game of the season, so they'd have to play one more. Swinging fly ball in the right center. Broxton is there, and they're the champions! On to the playoffs the crew would go. First, the speed bump that was Colorado, even if game one needed extras to decide it. Swing the line drive, base hit right field! Mike Moustakis on a two-strike pitch! Lines a single to right, and the Brewers have taken game one in the division series. After the Brewers' three-game sweep of the Rockies, it was the defending National League champion Dodgers in the NLCS. And while it went to seven games, in the end, it just wasn't meant to be. Here comes Kershaw, and he struck him out, and the Dodgers are going to Boston. I mean, we won 96 games in the regular, 95 games in the regular season. We won our division. We finished one game from the World Series. It was a really special year for all of us. It's something everybody in the organization contributed to and should be extremely proud of. We made a lot of big steps as a team. A lot of guys got better. You know, we can learn from this. Uh, and it's something to be proud of. You know, we accomplished a lot. And with the core of this team back and a key acquisition or two added in the offseason, the crew is expected to contend once again with Game 1 scheduled for later today. Doug Russell, WTMJ Sports. 